The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you are about to hear was originally recorded on February 28th, 2019. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit us at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. King of Foxes are an Edmonton-based power pop band led by frontwoman Olivia Street, with whom I had the chance to sit down and talk to in Studio A at McCune University. She's been busy as of late, with the band's new album Salt and Honey having been released exactly one month before this episode's release on February 8th, 2019. The album has spent the month gathering momentum with its thoughtful lyricism, vintage rock rhythms, and technicolor production having earned high praise from across the Canadian music sphere, including its inclusion as a quick pick on the Cups and Cakes website on March 1st. Without further ado, here's Olivia Street. Thanks for having me. You guys are just about a month out of uh, having released the album, right? That's right. Yeah. How uh, how do you <laughs> feel that has gone so far? It's always a weird thing when you make a thing and then release the thing. Yeah. <laughs> if it comes back to you, you know, it was yours. If it doesn't, it no, no I don't know. That's not a thing. That doesn't apply <laughs> to albums. But uh, <laughs> no, it's been going good. I think, you know, it takes so long sometimes to all the bits and pieces like in just actually releasing something it was For like sure. recorded a year ago you know but you kind of like sit on it and do all this stuff in the background so it's nice to finally be like okay here it is let's listen <laughs> yeah for sure uh, so when did you guys track it about a year ago yeah it took about that long just to kind of get all my get all my ducks in a row and for the release try to do it quote unquote the right way <laughs> uh who actually like who worked on it with you then um, so we like recorded personnel. it at uh, Sound Extractor with Stu okay. Kirkwood as producer. He's really awesome and has done all all the albums basically that I've worked on. I've done with Stu, so we have gotcha. a really good relationship. Um, and then for players on the album, um, it's myself, guitarist Brandon Baker, uh, bass player Reed Teal, Brandon Cameron on keys. He plays keys with so many people in the city. He's all over the place. Um, Aubrey Young came in and did some backing vocals from the band Funkophilia. Okay. Um, Alexis Alshorn did some backing vocals, and we had Bill George play drums on a track too. So it's kind cool. of a, a, a cast of thousands <laughs> in a way. <laughs> uh, Bill is uh, Nuance, right? That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he plays with uh, Lyra Brown as well, and a few other people around town. Gotcha. Who, who do you use then? I guess in terms of like live lineup, because I know I think I've seen Brandon with you guys before. Yeah, like I do. Sometimes I perform as a three-piece, so it might just be myself and uh, maybe Reed and. Um, we actually use a drummer now um, called Lu- uh, Luke, okay. so he wasn't on the album, but Luke Pretender is uh, playing with us live a lot these days, and he's really great. Um, and yeah, like depending on the show, you know, I might have other people join me, but anywhere from like a three to a five piece kind of thing. I assume then Stu would have done like your first album as well. He did, then, right? yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was, I was, yeah, I was listening to both of them, and I think there is like a pretty clear like shift between the two. I feel like the first one is a lot more kind of indie rocky, and the second one, oh, there's some fun sounds all over it. Yeah, they're quite different. <laughs> what was the thought, I guess, behind, like, was there kind of a conscious shift towards something different, or was it more just kind of that's how the songs came out? Yeah, it was conscious. Like, I love rock and roll, and I love grunge, and I love that sort of, like, you know, indie vibe that I feel like the first album had a lot of. Um, but I felt like for the second album, I just wanted to experiment more with, like, with sort of peeling back the noise and kind of seeing what we could bring out to give it more light and space okay and so that was kind of the feeling that I wanted to to play with and Stu did a really good job of just kind of bringing that out I think it it, it feels it feels like the album name to me <laughs> I don't know right. if that's just in my head but salt and honey <laughs> to me it sort of feels yeah. like that 
Yeah, I guess we should say the album name. Yeah, Salt and Honey. <laughs> Actually, too, it, it was February 8th, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this interview is going to be on or drop on March 8th, so... Anniversary! There you go. Aww, let's month. pop some champagne. <laughs> Did you bring some? Because oh, I didn't. I wish. <laughs> so when you're doing writing then, uh, in terms of like starting to gather tracks for a new record, uh, do you think about that kind of production stuff while you're kind of in the writing process still? That's a good question. I, I feel like I do more now than I used to. You know, I, I feel like as I grow as an artist, I'm, now I'm, I've done this a few times and I kind of start to think about that more early on in the songwriting process. Um, and knowing like what advice to take from people. I really love um, right. the people I'm collaborating with. So, you know, they're contributing ideas to the arrangements and everything like that too. Um, I tend to be strangely enough like my background is sort of in punk and folk and you know so that's kind of how I write songs so if they just showed up on the album kind of the way they came out of my mouth the first time it might sound quite different Um, but I always sort of have a vision of what I want it to sound like and that's what Stu's gift is just kind of helping you get there to achieve that I think (laughs) yeah for sure how long have you guys been playing together then I guess Well, King of Foxes has been a project since, I want to say, maybe about six years, 2013. We did a little uh, basement EP that we just kind of recorded on our own. And that was, I had sort of different players that I was playing with at the time. So it's been pretty much different people on every album um, as we went, with the exception of, well, Stu played drums on the last album and this one. He's kind of the only (laughs) recurring cast member. You're in a few different bands, right? Yeah, I, I play guitar and electric religious as well. Okay. How do you, like, do you do writing for other groups as well, or is it mostly just for... Um, so Electric Religious, so Brandon Baker uh, is sort of my, my on-again, on off-again <laughs> partner. We have a child together, so we definitely have elements of a life together. Yeah. Um, and we both play in each other's bands, uh, and we co-parent. You know, we get along yeah. in a lot of ways. And um, so he plays in my band, and I sort of, I write the songs for my band, and he writes the songs for his band. Uh, and we sort of collaborate in terms of arrangement, but I, I like to kind of keep it separate a little bit in that way. So for sure. It's like King of Foxes is, is sort of my project, and it's, yeah. So, so how do you approach just being a guitar player in a band versus having kind of much more say about what the kind of artistic output is, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I love contributing to other people's stuff or, or co-writing with people. That's really fun for me. Um, someone once, I don't know if they paid me a compliment or, or a diss, but they said, you know, you never play more than you need to. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not a virtuos, virtuosic guitar player, but uh, I try to just serve the song. So if I'm playing with somebody right. else, you know, I'm not going to just like solo all over their chorus. Like I like to just add like little flavors of what I, I think it needs. That's kind of my style when I'm co-writing with other people or contributing. But. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like then doing those things, like do you, have, have you pulled that experience kind of back into the King of Foxes stuff in any way at all? Um, I definitely have like a pretty clear idea of compositionally of what I want the King of Foxes stuff to be. So, right. you know, although I might not hand somebody sheet music, I can definitely say I kind of want the line here to sound like, you know, this and I'll either right. sing it or play it and then just tell them to, to play it better. <laughs> when it comes to guitar solos and stuff like that, I, I you know, I'm a strummy kind of player. I write yeah. on the guitar, uh, I feel but that. I was never formally trained on it. I was actually a classical violinist oh, okay. <laughs> was where I got my... Do you, do you feel like uh, even just starting on violin makes you think about stuff differently, like just the instrument that you start on? I think there's no way it wouldn't. I think having a background in classical music sort of trains your ear in a certain way. And I feel like I was noticing that more on the Salt and Honey album when we were sort of coming at the end. I was like, oh, there's sort of like classical music, you know, uh, yeah. Easter eggs in it in a way. <laughs> Little bits here and there where I feel like it sort of references like that feeling. Do you feel like then even, I guess, with both kind of classical-ish background and then also with the punk and folk stuff like do you feel like 
the punk stuff comes out particularly strongly or because I, I like I do hear elements of that for sure on both records but uh, I'm curious as to how you feel that kind of comes out if you know what I mean yeah I, I mean I think there's a punkiness for me is like in a, a directness of thought and speech so ideally like I always want them I want there to be an element of directness you know and right. I like that it's sort of like a satisfying payoff in terms of those kind of chord changes and yeah. stuff like that um, so I think that comes through and then the folk element, I, I think I just kind of sound a little bit, I hate to say it, but girly, you know, I have a very feminine sort of voice and that kind of will just naturally lend an element of sort of folkiness right. to it, even in uh, even in its punkier moments. <laughs> I, f- I feel like that directness comes across well in like lyrics, particularly like that kind of stuff makes a certain like immediate emotional sense, if you know what I mean. Do you feel like you're grabbing stuff out of that kind of genre for lyrics as well or... I wouldn't say as much for that. Like, um, I love lyrics. Like, that's my, my favorite part of songs is, like, just right. hearing those angles of sunlight on what people, how people see the world, you know, in a different way. So I'm always really thinking about that. And that's kind of, I think, my first way into songwriting is always with, like, a little line that comes to me. And then the song right. kind of builds itself around that. So that's really important to me that the lyrics be just right every word. For sure. Um, I put a lot of thought into it. Um uh, yeah, I'm a, a Shakespeare nerd. I did my master's in English and all okay. that, so I'm, I'm definitely a, a word lover. <laughs> yeah. Is is that kind of the first thing you listen for then in music, like when you're listening to just whatever? You know, I think the, the first thing you listen for is always just that visceral reaction you have to something if it right. moves you, and then later you, I, I kind of justify why it moves me. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely a good lyric can make or break a song. It's got to speak to you on all levels at all times, I guess, in all ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, out of curiosity then too I guess do you in terms of how you actually kind of start work on like a a new song do you kind of just keep then lists of like lyrical ideas or stuff like that yeah I do I think almost all songwriters I think have a little like embarrassing file in their phones you know where you have all these notes and it's just like one liners and I'll sort of forget that I have it sometimes and I'll go back and I'll find one I'll be like oh wow what are all these like random thoughts that don't make sense you know but then sometimes you'll find a gem in there and you think oh that actually was kind of neat and you you work it into something you guys shot a music video as well for backsliders right we did yeah uh, it looks great. It's oh, a super, you. super like nice looking video. I have the the McEwen uh, University students to thank for that. That was actually part of someone's class project, oh, and okay. uh, we were lucky enough to get that video made. And they did an awesome job. I really, I was really so happy with it. <laughs> Is it important to you to have a lot of input on kind of what those things end up looking like, or are you more interested in kind of letting? people kind of make something new out of your material if you know what I mean yeah I could go either way I mean I it's not that I'm not picky but uh I'm trying to remember how they they pitched those ideas to me like they kind of wanted to do something that had like a a Wes Anderson sort of vibe and I was totally on board for that and so yeah yeah, just we kind of ran with it (laughs) nice and Plaza Bowl was just the perfect spot for that because it's like you know right out of the 50s or 60s nothing has changed but it's so lovingly maintained so it was really fun to shoot it there I was gonna ask where that was Mm -hmm. because it's kind of a neat little spot yeah you should go do you bowl (laughs) poorly yeah yeah. I was really sore the next day like I was like (laughs) trying to film that strike which by the way the final strike in the thing is not me that bowls it it's like a stunt (laughs) double (laughs) I think it was the bowling alley owner that did it for me in the end but don't tell anyone (laughs) I think actually I'm doing that project this term (laughs) it's uh it's neat to have that kind of like community outreach type thing out of school if you know what I mean oh yeah uh Actually, you know what, you, you do a lot of work with Alberta Music and stuff too, right? That's right, yeah, I work for them. That's my, my day job. How, how do you think like that kind of 
because I, I I feel like it's a lot about just kind of figuring out the music community in Alberta and Ed, in Edmonton in kind of a smaller sense. Uh, how do you feel like kind of coming in contact with other kind of local bands and local musicians and trying to help them through things has kind of impacted the way that you're going about King of Foxes stuff? I think, you know, my big takeaway from like working in the music industry is that like there's so much good stuff out there and like everyone is just doing their best to find their true voice and their best way of presenting themselves. And I think that's so cool. Like I don't really ever think of the music world as competitive because like there ain't nobody like you out there. Like, and so it's just a matter of figuring out how to best express who you are. And that's my favorite thing about music is like, you know, music doesn't have to sound any particular way. It's just got to be an accurate representation of somebody and some moment and something. And when it's done well and represents that accurately, it's doing its job. And that's so cool. For sure. Uh, I think that's as good a place as any to move on to some rapid fire stuff. Uh-oh, I'm scared. They're all they're all pretty fun. They're not going to be math questions, are there? Scratch Seven. that one off. <laughs> that's 13. <laughs> Uh, here we go. Uh, cake versus pie. Oh, man. I don't have, like, a big sweet tooth, but, like, mm, I'm going to say mocha chocolate cake. It's got to be that. Okay. I don't think I've ever had a mocha. I have a recipe. I have a really good recipe. It's not, like, okay. any chocolate cake doesn't cut it for me, but, like, a little bit of espresso in there and mm, oh, makes a killer okay. cupcake. I could go Cups for that. and cupcakes. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Give me coffee. Yeah, I feel like nobody ever says tea. <laughs> if they do, we just beat them up and, yeah. and leave them outside. We just kind of ignore it and move on. <laughs> podcasts or radio? You know, I'm getting more into podcasts these days, but I love radio too. Like, I'm a huge CKUA supporter and CJSR, yeah. and like, I love the, the local aspect of that too. You know, it's all good. How about I just say it's all good yeah. in that category? I feel like there's something fun about, uh, I mean, CJSR particularly, just because I kind of leave it on in the car, but just the you get a really kind of broad sense, I think, of what's happening musically, mm-hmm. which is quite fun. Sports or board games? Um, I know nothing about sports, but uh, I'm pretty pretty cutthroat at Monopoly. Okay, yeah. nice. First car? I had a Mazda 323. Remember that Chick Stiggett song? <laughs> there, yeah, there was a song about a 323. I don't think it's a car that they make anymore. It was yeah. small and, and yeah, got me <laughs> yeah. where I needed to go. <laughs> yeah. And every time you hear the song, you think of a car. <laughs> uh, what is the weirdest job you've ever had? I used to work at the zoo as one of my first jobs. And I was like a ticket taker, but I also looked after like an elderly meerkat. And there was oh, okay. like a meerkat that just hung out with me in the in the office or whatever. That was yeah. fun. Her name was Muriel. <laughs> <laughs> is this at the Edmonton Zoo? Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, God, that would be a lot of fun, I feel like. It, just it in was, terms yeah. of there being a lot of interesting stuff around, if you know what I mean. It's fun, but also like the zoo was open 364 days a year, and there were a lot of days where nobody came. Like in the dead of winter, like all the animals are, I don't know, hibernating. Nobody yeah. goes to the zoo. I spent a lot of days just bundled up in a parka, like in my in my ticket booth. Yeah. Are they still open in the winter? I don't is know. That still a thing? <laughs> I haven't been back recently. God. The elephant is still there, though. Poor Lucy, she's getting quite elderly. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I feel like that's been a an issue. It of has some been contention. a bit of a, a hot button elephant. Yeah. In the room. Yeah. <laughs> is there an album uh, or artist or anything that kind of sparked your love of music? I definitely um, really got into music during the era of sort of grunge and like Nirvana and stuff like that was like whoa what is this you know when I heard it and I feel right. like that's still kind of at the in the basement of a lot of my songwriting is that kind of feel yeah um, but then over the years like 
I've been influenced by so much and such a variety of stuff. Like I tell people now, probably my favorite band is like Steely Dan, which couldn't be further from Nirvana, but I love them both, you know? <laughs> uh, what Steely Dan stuff do you like? What I, I don't know too much about them other than like the same five songs that everybody... Are you serious? I'm going to make you a mixtape. Or I don't know, you could just go on Spotify and just listen to everything. Their lyrics are fantastic. Like the music is just so intricate and well thought out and smart and yeah. Uh, yeah I mean probably the songs you know are probably the most famous ones but I mean like Peg like that's killer you know love that shit shoot I love that shoot yeah, you're good <laughs> uh, is there a band or artist that you'd want to open for ooh JD McPherson is coming to town soon hint hint I would love to open for him he's so cool I love his music I man I don't know him you don't you gotta look mm. him up too yeah he's great I feel like every time I do in these interviews I leave with a list of things to listen isn't to isn't that awesome isn't that the point you it know is. you have a, a great conversation and come away with some stuff to <laughs> yeah every time you should listen to Steely Dance more <laughs> uh, what's the best movie you've seen recently hmm I feel like I don't watch as many movies as I used to now that we live in can I say it? The golden age of TV? You know, I feel like <laughs> we really do. Um, I, I recently started watching Game of Thrones again. Like, I watched okay. the first, like, season or, like, I don't know, whenever it first came out, but I'm yeah. just getting into it again, and it's so violent, but, like, it's like, <laughs> at the end of my day with a martini, like, the violence and sex <laughs> is, like, what I need to just close off the day. Yeah. I guess because, in a sense, you're really just watching a bunch of kind of half movies in a row. Yeah, right? like, I guess. They're cinematic <laughs> enough. Ladybug uh, was great. That was one of the last year's Oscar ones, but I really identified with that. I was like, oh, that's my childhood. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's a very, very good film. <laughs> I guess this question kind of answers itself. What's your most recently binged uh, TV? <laughs> yeah, I'm in the thick of that one right now. <laughs> Gosh, what else have I been into lately? I, I'm a big BoJack Horseman fan, although it got oh, really yeah. depressing in the last season. It's a tough watch sometimes. I know, like it's really dark and I, I kind of like that, but now it's getting really dark. Yeah, I, th I think there's something interesting just about, I mean, I guess there's been a lot of those kinds of shows with just main characters with nothing really super redeemable, I yeah. guess. But makes them, I think, both hard to watch and kind of fun at the same time. Right, the anti-hero that you sort of identify with for your own personal faults. Yeah. Not that I'm a horse or anything like that, but... <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of the fun masterstroke of that cartoon, though, is that it's very silly at some level, right? Like, it's pretty goofy. Yeah. Yeah, I can go to those places that are goofy and have animals running around, but still, like, touch on some pretty serious stuff, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the best uh, show experience you've had recently? Well, just trying to think of where we last played recently. We just did a, a showcase um, for the culmination of the AE West program that I participated at yeah. the end of last year. That was a lot of fun at the King Eddie in Calgary. And, oh, okay. Um, it was a really fun program, kind of basically with 12 other emerging artists kind of from Western Canada, right. kind of at the same stage. And yeah, we just got to be like really great buds with everybody in that program. So it was really fun to watch everyone perform. And I think everyone just did two songs, oh, um, but okay. it felt like sort of a family reunion at the end or whatever. Yeah. It was really fun. And then, um, yeah, the next thing coming up, I guess uh, we're opening for Kurt Pirat next week at the Windspear. Oh, okay. Ka cool. Kind of. We're like not on the stage. We're in the lobby, which is gotcha. close, you know, I feel yeah. like it's close. It still counts <laughs> as opening, but it's sort of at arm's length, but that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, cool. Uh, was the AU West, that was it? Yeah, so it's, a, uh, sorry, the Artist Entrepreneur Program is the oh, full okay. name. Gotcha. Uh, it's a program run by Canada's Music Incubator. Oh, okay. um, and they do run really awesome programs for emerging artists across the country, kind of helping them give them a leg up. Gotcha. Oh, cool. 
what is your most recent uh, musical obsession, I guess? Musical obsession? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm always trying to get better, and I just feel like there aren't enough hours in the day to, like, master all the things I want to do. I, as funny as this may sound, too, like, I never really took singing very seriously until, like, a few years ago. I was always kind of yeah. like, yeah, I sang in a band, but, like, I'm not very good. I just kind of do it, and I'm not saying that I'm great now, but I'm working on it more. I'm being more, right. like, thoughtful about it. Um, and I've done the you know, sort of workshops and lessons and just kind of thinking more about it. So I'm sort of obsessed with I'm always obsessed with improving. I mean, what else are you doing if not that? For sure. Uh, do you tend to sit down and actually, like, like practice just, like, vocal exercises and stuff then? Like, doing that kind of thing? You know, it tends to be, like, like I have a family and a full-time job, and, like, so right. my time is limited, but, like, you know, in the shower, in the car, like, little places I can take the time to do five minutes of exercises or ten minutes of something, even just trying to sing, like, a run I heard in a song, you know, in right. the privacy of the shower. That's kind of the practice that I get um, but then yeah like I mean I do have sort of vocal warm-up techniques and stuff like right. that that I'll do kind of on show days just to kind of get to where I need to be but I find it really interesting like it's just uh, very different from classical violin as a child where right. the instrument is so outside of you and so separate from you and with voice it's like right. your instrument is you and it's not just your body but it's your emotions and it's like how you're yeah. feeling and I guess like learning to harness how you're feeling and communicate that is pretty interesting yeah, for sure. This is the last question for quick stuff here. Uh, do you have any local recommendations in terms of just Edmonton bands that you think are really great? There are so many. Like, we're so lucky to live <laughs> in a city with so many great bands. We just played a show with uh, with Mercy Funk last week. They were so much fun to play with. They're a, yeah. lot of, a really fun band. Um, Darren Frank, I feel, is like a hidden gem. He's great. Uh, and I don't see him play live a lot, but he's really awesome. Um I guess, like, working for Alberta Music, I have a lot of focus on Alberta stuff, so thinking yeah. kind of outside of there, too. There's a lot of great for Calgary sure. bands as well, like um, Bad Animal I got to see recently. They oh, were really cool. cool. Yeah. Astral Swans is really awesome. Yeah, yeah. we could have a whole other episode where we we just list bands that are cool, and we should do it, but <laughs> for the sake of brevity, you know, those are a few yeah. that were in my at the top of my head. Perfect. Uh, cool. Well, at the end of the show here, normally what we do is we'll uh, basically just play a track off of, uh, I guess, probably the latest record it's salt and honey right got it okay uh is there a specific track you'd want to play off of it um backsliders is the single the first one for we sure. why don't we do that one yeah for sure is there anything you want to say about the tune at all or uh it's a happy tune about uncomfortable feelings okay <laughs> nice and quick uh well olivia thank you very much for coming in thank you sean it was great to be here thanks for having me no problem
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Sean Newton and Declan Paxton. The featured track was played with permission from King of Foxes. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>